still a driving podcast. Now, as you can tell, I'm terribly unkempt. Apologies about that. That's what happens to auto journalists when they're up late at night closing issues for a week at a time. Uh, that's what happens to auto journalists when they don't finish their work on time. But that's a different question altogether. We can talk about that in another <laughs> how to become an automotive journalist podcast. My point was there are other automotive journalists who are out driving Lamborghinis while we're doing that. It's a tough life, <laughs> but somebody has to live it. <laughs> so, the last two days, I was uh, in, well, I was in Delhi first, then Chennai. But at Chennai, we were at the racetrack, at the Matras Motor Racetrack, which I think is the best racetrack in the country for a driving enthusiast. Obviously, the BIC is bigger. But the point I want to make is that we drove the Lamborghini Huracan Evo at the MMS, uh, MMRP. So, what is the Huracan Evo? How is it different from the Huracan? So, Evo... The Evo gets the engine from the Huracan Performante. Okay. So, more power, more noise, a little wilder. It has a little better aero. Yeah. It obviously has a little spruced up uh, exterior. But it doesn't get the ALA from the It Huracan. does not get the active aerodynamics. Right. And the thing is that once you look at the Huracan Performante, yeah. especially from the, e- from the rear with the wings and everything, the regular Huracan then kind of feels empty. It feels like it's got a spoiler delete kit on it. <laughs> Uh, it feels proper now with that wing at the back. Right. And when I was brought up uh, at a time when all rally cars had big wings and those Evos and Subarus mm. with the big wings. So to me, in my mind, a fast car has a big wing at the back. Mm. Now, obviously, Ferraris don't have wings because yeah. Ferrari for the longest time have been talking about and they've been doing underbody dynamics. They've been doing really intricate dynamics, aerodynamics on the bodywork. Mm. So they don't need a big wing. And they've shown that you don't really need a big wing for the car to suck himself to the ground. It gives them that, that sleek... Uh, yeah, uh, but Lamborghinis yeah. are wild. Yeah. The SVJ, look at that <laughs> wing and God, you have an accident in your trousers. Yeah. And the same with the Huracan Performante. Now, after you look at the Huracan Performante, you look at the Huracan Evo, and you think that mm, you need a wing, you need a wing. But now, you probably one of the few auto journalists in the country who've driven the Performante and the Evo back-to-back. So, how do they compare? Yeah. And people have been asking me that and I can't give you an answer. Because see, the environments are two completely different things. One was in Kerala on the roads. Well, early morning, so the roads were really nice and smooth and you could really drive it hard. And the other is the racetrack where you're driving it absolutely hard. Uh, Arman was in the lead car and we'll talk about the lead car in a bit. But Arman was in the lead car and uh, drove from AutoX and I, we were together. And because we know how to drive fast cars on the track. So, he said, just go straight to Corsa mode and just follow me. So, I don't even know about Strada and uh, you know, the other modes. So, I really can't say honestly. Okay. I drove it in full heart on the racetrack. It was brilliant. The Huracan performance, the on-track was brilliant. But Ashik, who owns the Huracan performance, and today he's at the MMRT yeah. driving the Evo. He asked me, how's the Evo? And I said, boss, you don't have to sell your car. <laughs> For sure. Because, the, yeah, the active aerodynamics obviously makes a lot of difference on the performance. But that's if you're going out to set a lap time. If you want to do a track day, I think the Evo is well, it's enough. And it's got that, uh, it's got improved interiors, with that big screen which also shows the vehicle dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, what's happening with uh, the aero, with the rear wheel, I'm the not sure you want to the, be looking there when you're I, I you're going look at it. <laughs> On my second nap, that's when I realized, oh shit, okay, there's something like this, yeah. and just press it, but yeah. I didn't, you can't yeah, really see all that. Right. Yeah. It's probably a distraction more than But anything. the question, how is the Huracan Evo to drive? Well, it's phenomenal to drive. Mm. And at the MMRT, which is a little tighter track than the yeah, That's another question I had. Yeah. Is the Huracan Performante too powerful for a track like the MMRT? I wouldn't say too powerful. Yeah. Obviously, it's on the edge yeah. and you don't want to go off the track. Yeah. And plus, it was raining at Chennai. Oh. So, the track in places was damp. 
and outside the track the runoff was all wet so there we don't want to hit the wet mud once you mm-hmm. run off the track so you really got to keep it on track it is not too fast for the track but you have to be careful you have to be intelligent you can't be open the throttle everywhere too during this fun also uh, doing silly things okay. uh, like arman said it takes a special kind of talent for all those things uh, the horaka has got so much grip honestly so much grip that you can really push it you can push it there is really no understeer but it just so, it sucks itself to the ground now, now, i guess that's what the aero work yeah. but the, the huracan is also always drive yeah. how does that change driving a supercar with all wheel drive versus driving a rear wheel drive supercar like that in the main an all wheel drive supercar is safer to drive okay because you got more grip yeah. because you can get on the throttle earlier and when you get on the throttle there's no danger that if you are in esc spot or you got esp completely off that is spinning it around immediately yeah these cars are very fast so it will spin if you do something stupid yeah. but four wheeler supercars are safer it's the same with the r8 with the r8 first came that was one of the, the not the first but one of the more mass supercars with yeah. four wheel drive sports yeah. cars with four wheel drive and you could really push it harder than you would normally do yeah. with say a 911 back in the day yeah. because that had a more frisky tail mm-hmm. uh, if you want to have a blast mm-hmm. that also you can have with the huracan performance because now and with the evo because now with all these modern uh, fast supercars they've got more of a rear bias mm-hmm. and because it looks cool on videos than when uh, you know you put a sliding car on instagram so yeah. they have modes where you can slide the car and also not get into trouble yeah. so the halfway I mean, between and points, e63s has a good phone now you know so <laughs> true, uh, true. obviously has yeah yeah but the halfway mode yeah. in terms of the stability control yeah. if you keep it in that in the sport mode it actually lets you slide yeah. around a bit yeah. and uh, what the instructor was saying is that now reflexively as soon as the car starts sliding you try to correct but he said don't re- uh, hold back the initial reflex mm-hmm. let it slide a little bit more and then it will let you have a, like a 10 degree slide angle right. without esp completely cutting in and cutting all the fun so you can slide around a bit without the fear of spinning the car or damaging the car so those are also cool things to have what was your story about the lead car the what was your story on the first lamborghini you drove uh, that was, that was <laughs> uh it was a climatic but anti climatic story at the same time the first lamborghini i ever drove was not a sports car it was an suv <laughs> and i guess that's what happens when you grow up in this generation you know i mean growing up i always thought my first lamborghini would be a mercedes or benz or benz too rare to even dream of driving one but a sports car you know a super car low slung scissor doors sit bum on the floor type of experience but then the first time i got into a lamborghini i had to climb into it yeah. and so the first <laughs> lamborghini that adish drove was the urus yeah. and that was the car that arman was uh, leading us yeah. with yeah. now uh, arman's a good driver yeah. right the track was wet in places so that actually helps the urus but the urus really was quick around the track man you could see arman pushing it and the car squirming and no arman really pushing the car to the limit and i sat in the car with arman afterwards after i finished my laps and you could feel the car working which you didn't really feel in the huracan but that the urus can really lap the track at an obscene speeds of course it's not a sports car right and if uh, you could easily keep uh, in space uh, in pace with uh, arman but for what they've done to an suv lamborghini has so yeah that urus is nuts it's an incredible insane suv insane i i know this because i don't know why i agreed to do this but i got into the boot of the urus 
to try and record the exhaust sound more clearly because we couldn't hear it as well in the front. <laughs> and my colleague at the time said, okay, we'll try launch control. And I was in the boot and he launched the car. And it was very, very wild. It was not fun. That car is fast. Yeah. So what, five years shaved off your life expectancy? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is fast. Yeah. But when you... So I was telling the other guys yesterday at the drive that how do you make an Urus seem slow? Oh, you chase it in a Huracan before. The noise of a V10, a naturally aspirated V10 yeah. engine, it's probably on its way out. You know, everything will be hybridized and electrified and all of that. But you drive an NA V10, you rev it to 8,500 RPM. Yeah. That cliche of your hair standing on end, it is true. And then after a while, <laughs> your head starts to hurt because of the noise, your neck starts to hurt because of the G-forces, but you know, there is pleasure in that pain, honestly. This is what naturally aspirated V10s can do. Electric cars, it'll, it'll make your neck hurt for sure much yeah. more because the, they launch like yeah. rockets. Yeah. But then that emotion, noise is emotion, right? It's just one of the elements of emotion. Let's see, let's see what Porsche does with the take time. Yeah. Exciting time. Uh, what, the, what else did you go for? You went to Delhi for some new launches. So I went uh, for the launch of the kidneys. Yeah. So there big was kidneys. big. There were two big kidneys, and the two big kidneys uh, opened to and reveal four more kidneys. <laughs> but, yeah, the seven series and the X seven. Yeah. So I now yeah the whole internet has been hating on the grill of the X seven as well as the seven series. Yeah. Uh, I drove the X seven in America, mm -hmm. and America and China are the two big markets for it. Now, obviously, this is being designed for Chinese states, and we like to diss Chinese states. We should not, but we like to diss that. Uh, in America, you drive the X7, you park it against an F150 or an F250, and the X7 looks proportionate. It, it looks well-designed. The grill does not look too big. So, yeah. in the environment that it is built for, yeah. it actually works. And that's what, no, a car is built for the environment, right? Fair enough. Yeah. So I think but it's fine. In this environment where you've got uh, Maruti or Maruti Suzuki Altos and quids running about, you're going to get one X7 with the massive grill. So let me ask you, yeah. why would you buy an X7? I don't know if I would. If you would, why would you buy it? You look like king of the road, yeah. Yeah, you would yeah. buy it so that the Maruti 800 gets the <laughs> F out of the way, right? Yeah. And it does it really well. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does it. I think for what it is built for, see, it is going to transport oligarchs. Now the Indian equivalent of a plutocrat or an oligarch, right? And it will do that very well. You see the car and you just stand the F back. No. You wouldn't want to get in yeah, its way, right. right? And it does its job. I mean, we, so, I was driving the X5 two weeks ago and the X5 did that. So I can't even imagine what yeah. the... And the, the X7, yeah. it brings to the party luxury. It brings to the party driving dynamics. Uh, I would, in fact, to be driven around in an Indian environment, I would actually think it would be better than the, X, uh, than the 7 Series. Of course, the 7 Series you can stretch out in and all of that. But with the increased ride height, uh, with a better uh, what do you comfort. Think of, what do you think of the new 7 series? Sir? I don't like the grill of the 7 series as much. I can tolerate that on the X7. Yeah. I think it's not really the grill as much as the combination of the big grill and small headlights. Yeah, the, you know, exactly. The headlamps yeah. have become narrower yeah. and the grills have become warmer. <laughs> oh, yeah. The nostrils have become wider. I mean, it's just it's, so, it's exaggerating that grill to a degree. Yeah, where it's, that's what um, the 7 series. I will still take more time to stomach. The X7 I made my I guess with. when you're in the back seat of the 7 series, you don't have to look at the grill. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then in terms of luxury and yeah. the way it drives and 
BMWs, that's one thing they've always stayed true with. Mm. Uh, earlier, BMWs were understated, mm. right? But uh, they've really stayed true to his dining, driving dynamics. Yeah. And the X7 for an SUV, what it can do. The 7 Series for a luxury car. Mm. The last 7 Series, I went for the drive for it. And it was done at the racetrack outside of New York. A luxury car, uh, right? Uh, I drove it at the BIC, switched everything off. On the 7 Series, you can switch everything off. And it pulled a huge slide getting onto the main straight. <laughs> You can do that with the 7 Series and, and they wanted to do that. They wanted to experience <laughs> what a luxury car can do yeah. around a racetrack, yeah. which is phenomenal. Hats off to BMW. Just, you know, maybe tone it down a bit, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now coming to something that uh, that's really close to our hearts. It's the latest issue of Evo. Yeah, yeah. so if you've been following us on social media, you'd have seen some wild stuff that we were doing at the run of Kach yeah. with the 488 Pista. It was a brilliant time that we had. And the kind of content that we got out of there was unbelievable. This actually follows in the legacy of uh, stories done by people in the UK. You know, they, the car car magazine in the UK had taken a Ferrari 512 from yes. to the Sahara. It, it, they drove it from the Ferrari factory to Morocco. How Ferrari gave them a car and agreed to do that at that time, I have no idea. And then... One of the founding members of Evo. Yeah, so the Harry Metcalf. Yeah. He took his own uh, Testarossa. Yeah, and he recreated the original comments yeah. and stories. So, but I have a thing on that, right? Uh, so, in the UK, you say you're driving to Africa. Right. And that was, everything was Africa. It was not Morocco, it was yeah. Africa. And we wanted the Sahara. And then, three years ago, I actually drove to, the Sahara. to Morocco. <laughs> I drove through Morocco. I drove to the Sahara. Hmm. And Morocco's roads are... 100 times better than anything they would find in India. <laughs> I did not see a single pothole, I did, did not see a single speed breaker. So you can let it drive a Ferrari man in Morocco, it was not so such a big deal. The, the guy who wrote that car in uh, the car in the car UK story, apparently his average speed through Morocco was 150 miles an hour. Yeah, because they okay, they are a little militant on speed limits, but that's yeah. just between Casablanca and uh, kilometers. The main kilometers yeah. 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 yeah, between Casablanca, yeah. around there and Marrakesh, they yeah. they're a little aggressive on speed. Also, twenty years ago. Yeah, so. but you know, once you cross the Atlas Mountains, yeah. you head to Mazurga, which is the edge of the Sahara. Yeah. The roads are brilliant. You can just you can max out a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not such a big that. adventure, yeah. right? And <laughs> going and seeing snake charmers in Marrakesh town square. Yeah. No, but come on, you're taking a Ferrari, which is analog, which is no, known to be notorious with its reliability at the time. But on some 7,500 kilometers, they did there. And that's something, I mean, think about us. We've yeah. taken an Alto 800 to the Himalayas. Together. Together. <laughs> <laughs> no, but not to listen. Those stories, those are what stories that I read yeah. when I was growing up. And when I read those stories, those are things that made me want to become an automotive journalist, made me want to drive a Ferrari, made me want to do adventures. Yeah. And in the absence of getting a hang on Ferraris in India, we took Altos to Ladakh, yeah. right? But we also did adventures. And those were the things that really inspired us. And this sort of is like a recreation or our way of inspiring the next generation that yeah. you can do mad things and really hats off to Bhupesh who owns the car, right? Yeah, when I told him, yeah, so it was Atish's story. It was Atish's idea that we should do this and I said, no way. I said, okay, there's no harm in asking. What is Bhupesh going to say? He's going to say no, right? He did not say no. He said, uh, okay, is it very hot? Is it going to rain? Is it going to be dry? Uh, the regular question you would ask about the run of cuts, but that's it. And... Uh, a month later, we had the pista in the we run. We had the pista in the run, and that's the cover story for the August issue of Evo. I think it's one of the best covers that we've done, and we've done uh, not to 
pat our own backs, but we've done some phenomenal covers, and that cover is it's incredible. Something. It's mind blowing. I'll have a post on the wall very soon. Yeah. And also in this issue, we've got a comparison between the MG Hector and the Tata Harrier and the Hyundai Creta. You might have seen the video. We put a link somewhere in this video, which you can click on and check it out. Uh, we've also got an electric special. Uh, we've got we've driven the Hyundai Kona in India. Finally, that we've done a video too about. Uh, we've got the Audi, the Audi e-tron, the Audi e-tron, which is coming. Oh, that's a preview that we've got, and we've got a conversation with Matt Remack, yeah. who's uh, leading the charge for electric supercars. Yeah. Uh, Porsche has a stake in Remack. Remack is making the underpinnings for the Pininfarina, the Batista. We've also driven the Tesla Model 3, the Tesla yeah. Model 3, the, the M3 rivaling, yeah, from Tesla Model 3, which can give you a neck ache because it accelerates so hard. But in terms of emotion, mm, I'm not sure. sure. And I think one of the coolest stories we have in this issue for sure is driving the Porsche 917. Yeah. So Richard Meaden drove the Porsche 917 on its 50th anniversary up Goodwood. And he drove the fully blown 1100 BHP, the Can-Am spec. Uh, Google it. Huh? Uh, those cars were, I think, the fastest race cars ever. And, and they, they were open top. Yeah. And, and then I think the authorities saw that, Daddy, this is too fast. Yeah. It's ridiculously fast. 1100 BHP. Yeah. Un unbelievable. unbelievable. And that's what motorsport does, yeah. yeah. It develops sure, technologies yeah. that you can then eventually filter down to road cars and make unbelievable <laughs> road cars. Right. So that's it for this uh, episode of the Thrill of Driving podcast. Make sure you pick up the magazine. It's going to be on stands this week. The, from, from Monday. Monday. Yeah. From Monday. Uh, you can subscribe on our website, gbopublishing.com. And also available on Amazon. Yeah. And before you forget, if you like this video, like, subscribe, share. What else can you do with the comment? Video? Comment. <laughs> Don't forget to comment and uh, tell us what you think we're doing right, what we're doing wrong and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week.